0: The next Monday after Roberto got arrested, we kept our appointment with the pastor. The new topic of conversation was whether Anthony wanted to stay in a relationship with this type of controversy going on with my ex-husband. He notified the pastor that he was still ready, willing, and able to pursue the relationship despite my ex-husband's behavior. At this point, we had been dating for less than six months. I was still head over heels for him and thought he was perfect. I had high blood pressure issues and whenever he noticed me stressing, he would sit in front of me clasping both of my hands within his to talk to me through calming down, breathing and lowering my blood pressure. I endearingly referred to him as my presence of calm. He made it appear to me as though nothing ever bothered him. Soon all that started to slowly change. Even though he kept up the facade of a perfect relationship from the outside looking in, I started to see multiple things that I was not aware of that had been hidden from me in the beginning. One day, he got a telephone call on his cell phone while he was in my apartment. He became very upset by this news from his brother. He left without much explanation. At first, he told me it was a close family friend that had died of HIV. After that night, he apparently relapsed if he had ever really been clean at all. I started noticing small changes, like he wouldn't answer the phone. Then he would finally respond the next day. He would tell me he just fell asleep. The types of things that seem odd, but you don't really think that much about them until they start to add up. One night, he decided to spend the night at my apartment, even though the majority of the time he insisted that we not sleep together. I woke up at 2.30 a.m. to find that he was not in the bed. When I walked in the living room, he was on the telephone in the dark. He told me he was talking to his daughter in another state, but his demeanor appeared as though he were doing something that he should not have been doing in my living room in the middle of the night while I was asleep with my daughter in the next room. I eventually found out that among other things, he had an addiction to calling free hookup chat lines. That's what he had been doing that night in my living room, masturbating on the phone. In six months' time, this had probably only been the second time he had ever spent the night in my apartment. Shortly after that, my daughter said she did not want to live there if I was dating him. He stopped spending the night. She would not tell me anything specific, she just said it was a feeling she had. I worked night shift and slept during the day. My daughter complained that I was never home, so I started looking for a day job or to try to change shifts. The weekend before school started, she said she wanted to move back in with her father and the court granted her permission. We went through a period where we were not dating for a couple of weeks. He even admitted to me that he had started dating his ex-girlfriend again during this time. This is when I started to find out that he had never really even severed ties with her completely. She had been giving him money and gifts the whole time we had been dating. I had been dating someone else as well while we were separated, so I tried not to judge him too harshly for it. One night at work, I was torn, praying silently to myself while I worked, and I heard a voice in my head say, "'Be his partner. Be his helpmate.'" When we finally got back together, he claimed he had broke it off with her completely. Our first date after getting back together was the Riverfest event in Ellis, Kansas, where they had a karaoke stage set up. He got on stage to a large crowd and sang Let's Stay Together by Al Green as he pointed to me in the audience singing my name into the song. He has always been a beautiful, well-ranged vocalist. By this time, we had been dating for about eight months total. One day he decided to call his brother to tell him that we were engaged to be married. I was sitting on his lap, excited, while he made the phone call. He put his brother on speakerphone until his brother's response was, I thought you were gay. This is the point that he explained to me that he had been molested as a child by the minister of music from his father's church at a very young age, which lasted several years. He claimed this was why his brother thought he was gay. We set our wedding date for March 6, 2011, in honor of his mother on her birthday. We received our marriage license on December 1, 2010, and moved in together, nine months after we met. The weekend before Christmas, we planned a trip to his hometown in Wichita, Kansas, to visit his family and invite everyone to the wedding. The weekend went well until I woke up in the middle of the night and he was gone. He had left me in a motel in a town I was not familiar with, with no transportation. By checkout time the next morning, he had still not returned or contacted me. I had no choice but to call his brother I barely knew because he was the only person I knew in Wichita at the time. His brother picked me up and took me to his house. When he finally arrived at his brother's house with the rental car, there was blood in the back seat and his glasses were broken. He claimed he got jumped and robbed. On the drive home, he apologized. Then he finally told me the truth. He admitted he was not an alcoholic. He was really addicted to crack cocaine and had been since 1983. We got home Sunday night. He worked Monday morning. I stayed home. He called me on his way home for lunch and said, get dressed and come outside, get in the car. It was December 21st, 2010. As we sat in the car, he told me he loved me and he said he was afraid he was going to lose me because of what had just happened that weekend. He proposed to me all over again. I responded, I already said yes. We already have our marriage license. That's when he said, no, no, I mean come to the church with me right now. The pastor is waiting at the church to marry us right now. So we went to the church and got married the Monday before Christmas in his work clothes on his lunch break with only two witnesses present.